Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My guest today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and thanks for having me. Today's topic, X-Men Origins Wolverine, the fourth installment of the X-Men film series. The film stars Hugh Jackman, Liv Schreiber, Danny Houston, Dominic Monaghan and Ryan Reynolds. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers, bub. I can't do it. It's so much better coming out of Hugh Jackman's mouth. Go back to the X-Men animated series, Cal Dodd. Those guys can just say the word bub and it works. It sounds ridiculous coming out of the Yorkshireman's mouth. I was watching a video the other night. Every single bub that Cal Dodd says in the show, um, it was just like a, a bub fest, and it was great. It works. It works when, it when, when they yeah. when they say it. Then when Hugh Jackman says it, it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Oh, for me, it always works because I don't know. Mm. I don't know how it's supposed to sound. So it's just it. It just I don't know. It it sounds it sounds right to me. I'm looking at the episode number for this episode, two hundred and sixty-five. Mm-hmm. That's how many episodes we've done so far. All right, that's, and you've come back and been a guest many many times. I can't that's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of episodes, but I can't believe we've done this amount of episodes before we get to X Men Origins. Wolverine. Now you right, and you think we would have got to it so much quicker. Yeah, well, you and I, we have done X-Men 2. We've done mm-hmm. X-Men The Last Stand, which to be fair, like we did fairly late 2023, and here we are beginning of yep. 2024. So there's not We're doing been, X-Men Origins. There's not been too much time between X-Men episodes, but I definitely do want to continue. I mean, the guys at Rewind and Review, one of their first episodes was X-Men. So they Mm. covered that 2000 movie early on. And then years passed before we did X2. We then did Last Stand. Here we are now. And then I guess the next one to do would be First Class, the Matthew Vaughan yeah, and then probably after that, the Wolverine. Yeah, that is that is the next one. The, the reason why I was just laughing then, because I was thinking, whenever we talk X-Men, the movies, and I hmm. guess you could apply it to the comics as well. Yeah. Mess. I mean, I think they are a mess. The reason... <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to say, they are a mess. The, the time frame, the continuity. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I have such a soft spot the X-Men films, going back to Brian Singer's first X-Men movie. Me too. I'm right there with you. I don't care how much of a spaghetti ball Fox have made out of the franchise. I'll I'll come back to it for repeated viewings. I'll come back for more helpings of that spaghetti, you know? This movie should have been a slam dunk. It wasn't. No. <laughs> like, it was much, I mean? much maligned. We'll get <laughs> into it, like... but it was much maligned. They made the first X-Men movie. And then straight away, audiences, critics, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yes, he's too tall. Nobody cares. He's perfect. Mm. He is so Mm. good. And then X-Men 2, everybody loved Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. The third movie, so problematic. It was with Brian Singer. He left. Brett Ratner came in. Brett Ratner, yeah, Brett Ratner took over. And 
it's it's a mess. Again, X-Men movies, they are a mess, but for the most part, they are enjoyable. Yeah. And then you've got this movie. It's like, so this is the fourth X-Men movie. It's their first spin-off, and the movie is about people's favorite the audience's favorite character in Hugh Jackman is back. I mean, surely that's gonna be a great movie. And it's it isn't. Financially, on a budget of $150 million, this movie made $373.1 million. So it's a hit. This movie, you know, I guess. Yeah. Well, we all know why it didn't do, do so well. There's a, there's a myriad of reasons, but let's just address the elephant in the room, shall we? I mean, you Deadpool. tell me. Oh, Deadpool. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> they absolutely butchered Deadpool. They did him dirty. All right. Let's... Uh, let's We'll we'll go back and then and then we'll we'll yeah. get into we'll all get of into that. that. The film was mostly shot in Australia and New Zealand, with Canada also serving as a location. Filming took place from January to May 2008. Production and post-production were troubled, with delays due to the weather and Jackman's other commitments. An incomplete screenplay that was still being written in Los Angeles, while principal photography rolled in Australia. Conflicts arising between director Gavin Hood and Fox's executives over the film's direction and an unfinished work print being leaked on the internet a month before the film's debut. Wow. And wow. with you, That's... Deadpool is a problem. Everything I just said there is also a problem. Maybe a bigger yeah. problem. Like behind. So I didn't realize it was so plagued with production troubles. That's definitely going to have a bearing on it. <laughs> That's oh, a problem. Mate. So, so chaotic. X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and that in itself, the full title of this movie. People refer to mm. it as the first Wolverine movie, but to give it its full title, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, it was supposed to be the start of something. Like The next yeah. movie they had planned was X-Men Origins, Magneto. I remember hearing about that. they too. reshaped, and it became X-Men First Class. And that's mm. why it's so Magneto heavy. We've got Young, mm. uh, Eric, and all of that. But it was going to be another installment in the X-Men Origins series or series of yeah. spin-offs. And other characters were going to get the same treatment. They clearly abandoned it. We got first class. And then it's like, you know what? Let's just make Wolverine movies. And that's when we got the Wolverine directed by James Mangold, which we will get to down yeah. the track. Didn't that didn't that serve as a as direct sequel to this movie or not? Which one? Was it standalone? Um the Wolverine. Was the Wolverine a direct sequel to X-Men Origins Wolverine or was it a standalone? It's it's weird, man. It, it's weird how they fit together. Like remember at the end of the Wolverine and he's got bone mm. claws and he's at the airport yeah. and Xavier yeah. and Magneto turn up. Yeah. And they're like, Days of Future Past is happening. Come on, you got to go help us. But that's not what it is, though. And then the next movie doesn't have bone claws anymore. It's, no. it's all over the place. That's, my theory behind that, just real quick, is that somehow he must he must have struck a deal with Magneto because uh, they're allies again. You know how they have this on, on again, off again kind of thing where they love each other, they hate each other, or they're allies and they're not. My theory is that somehow Magneto must have agreed to to play a part in the rebonding of the adamantium to his claws. Because his skeleton was already, was was completely bonded with adamantium, but yet the, the claws weren't, which doesn't make sense. What I'll say to you, so, Nathan, 
Stop mm. helping the screenwriters. If they can't get there themselves, and they can't put it on screen. That yes, I, I get what you're saying, and that does that does sound right. It's not in the film though. It's not in either of the films. But between films, what you've just said there, yeah, it sounds like that's what could have happened, but it's not that's what we were told that happened. No. But as a anyway, fan, as a fan, yes. Uh, of course, and it's fun to speculate. Hmm. So going back to the full title, X-Men Origins Wolverine was released on May 1st, 2009 by 20th Century Fox. The film was criticised for its story, script, visual effects, pacing, editing, but... Wow. Yeah, I know. But Jackman's performance was praised, and rightly so. Jackman hmm. later expressed his unhappiness with the final product. The film grossed $179 million in the United States and Canada and $173.1 million worldwide. The second film, The Wolverine, was released in 2013, and the third film, Logan, was released in 2017. Hmm. So I think Jackman was pushing hard for... Wolverine to be really badass and berserker. He wanted blood. He wanted guts. He wanted Wolverine to be who Wolverine is. And I think he finally got his wish with Logan because that was what the movie he always wanted to make. And he tried to make that happen with X Men Origins Wolverine and even the Wolverine. But just yeah, I was going to say, we saw signs of it in yeah. in the Wolverine. Like that well, yeah, it was it, it was coming. That's a good movie. But well, I remember, that. like around mm. about the same time of. You know, the Wolverine and X-Men Days of Future Past. Like, if you look mm. at the comics, Chris Claremont, he's the guy that wrote those comics. And he came yeah. here to Perth. He was at Supernova, Comic Con, and I got to have a chat with him, like, ahead nice. of the movies, which was pretty cool. And and obviously, he could only say so much, but at the time, yeah. the buzz was there. It's like, hey, here's the original writer of the comics, and getting ready to watch these new movies on the big screen. And this was way before yeah, what is he Marvel think? Studios. Yeah. This was, you know, we got the X-Men films from Fox. We were getting Spider-Man films from Sony. And, I mean, mm. I guess we still are. I mean, the latest one we're yeah, going to we get from Sony for Spider-Man is Madam Web. Madam Web. Valentine's yeah. Day. But anyway, that might be good. That's another story for another time. Yeah. It might not be, but it might be good. We'll have to wait and see. But we digress. X-Men, it was just so... Exciting, and even now, like all the X Men movies are available on Disney Plus, and Disney Plus mm. now, 20th Century Fox doesn't exist anymore, but they do have all the Fox content, or for the most part, they do. But any mm. original content is now under 20th Century Studios. We still get that Fox fanfare, so that's cool. Yeah, but watching the X Men movies, just the Fox logo, the fanfare, the Marvel logo. They often transition. Ah, it was a, it was a true collaboration, wasn't it? Absolutely. And you know, Kevin mm. Feige, you know, before Marvel Studios, he was working on the X Men movies. The plot for this movie: after years of working as a mutant mercenary, Logan lives a quiet life with his girlfriend Kayla. However, a figure from his past brutally assassinates Kayla, compelling Logan to seek vengeance. Let's just talk about the opening because what, you know, go back to Brian Singer's first X-Men movie. Mm. Yes, there's mutants, but rooting it, but rooting it in the real world. 
the concentration camps and what's happening in the modern day or in the not too distant future, they just found a way of like, just say, yes, there's people that can fly, shoot optic beams out of their eyes, but this is the real world. And I've always liked mm. that about the X-Men movies. So when the opening of this movie, it's showing, it's jumping through different time periods. There is. Yeah. And you've got Logan and you've got Sabretooth together. And just those sequences, I thought they did such a good job mm. of that opening. Like the director mm. of this movie has kind of disappeared. Gavin Hood. Gavin Hood, yeah. He's best, yeah known for, he's best known for writing and directing. I want to pronounce this right. It came out in 2005. It looks like Topsy. It's spelt... T-S-O-T-S-I. That's the movie that he won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. So this is the guy that just arrived on the scene and just made a splash. Yeah, and they just said, and then, a big kind of money, make this film. And then he made an <laughs> X-Men movie. He made yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine. It, again, clashes between it would have made it the executives mm. at Fox he then went on to make Ender's Game, a film I haven't seen. I believe Ben Kingsley, Harrison Ford is in that movie. It ended Eye in the Sky and then Official Secrets. I'm not familiar with that last one. And outside Just of that, I don't think yeah. he's done too much. Unfortunately, this is a thing that can happen. Like a new director, you know, up and coming, like can impress with one thing. It's a few hits under his belt. And then it's not necessarily that director's fault, but no. this movie gets so much criticism. It really does. Just like Brett Ratner got a lot of criticism for X-Men The Last Stand, but he yeah. didn't start that movie. Brian Singer started no. it before he, he left for Superman it up. Yeah. Returns, but mm. the fault lies at the guy who has his name on the poster, and that was Brett Ratner for The Last Stand. And this movie, That's it. Gavin Hood, and again, like, mm. I'd like to think that he's still working, but I don't I know think, what yeah, look, he's Gavin doing. Hood understood. Uh, Hood understood the uh, the assignment, and I felt for the most part he, he he nailed it. He gets the Shakespearean tragedy of Logan, Wolverine, and I think that was the assignment. And he, for the most part, to that end, he nails it. Um, I just think it it got away from him. I think it, it started out really good. It had a really dirty Harry kind of vibe to it, as does the Wolverine to some extent. Um, because there's, there's definitely a bit of that in Wolverine, that Clint Eastwoodism, but um, it gets away from him, and um, they when it gets bogged down in uh, all the stuff about um, you know, Striker and the, mut the mutants and him creating that weird Baraka pool, like it just yeah, and it gets away from him. But the simplest, the first part of the movie is brilliant because that's really speaking to where Wolverine's at and what he's about. Uh, and Hood nails that side of things. There's too much going on. Like, if you look at that yes. opening, like, yeah, it's a great yeah. opening, but then when you've mm. got Wolverine and Sabretooth as boys, yeah, my their parents, that. that, but that mm. opening, I've read that comic Origins and mm. Origins too, which is, which is a good comic. And you've got, I think it works. It really, they're doing that, they're using it, they're using it that starts, as a basis. But it's but that's that's a Wolverine movie that opening, mm. 
And there's yes. moments, for the most part, this is a Wolverine movie, but it yeah. keeps getting sidelined by yeah. an X-Men movie. That's the issue. Yeah, try, it's trying to be more than it is. You've got to keep it to just Logan. You've got to keep it to just Wolverine. And like he, he manages to do that to a certain extent. But like you say, there's a lot going on and it just gets sidetracked and it just veers. It's you know? both a Wolverine movie and, and X Men Four. Yeah, essentially, it's it a movie that's at war with itself. Mm. So, like, give us a Wolverine yeah. movie. Sure, here's a Wolverine movie, but hang on, we but, want to introduce yeah. Taylor Kitsch's Gambit. Let's spend some time with Gambit, who I, I did like. Yeah. And for a while, like Channing Tatum had been cast as Gambit and he was looking at getting his own solo movie. And that never happened. That still never happened. But it's like, he okay, still so maintains it's going to happen. Let's go back to Wolverine. Okay, cool. So we're watching a Wolverine movie. Oh, it's young Scott Summers. Mm. Then... Yeah, I didn't like, <laughs> I didn't think it was necessary to bring him into it. No. Why the hell did they bring Cyclops in? It's not necessary. He I, was a I, plot I device, agree. but a poor one. My big yeah. big beef with it was that they tried to do origins, but they muddied they mucked it up. Um, see, Logan and Creed aren't meant to be brothers. They uh, the memories were erased when they were uh, at some point in their lives because of all the brainwashing they underwent due, due to being on Team X, the Weapon X uh, program. But they don't really know what their relationship is with one another. They sort of have a feeling they might be related, but it's never firmly established in the comics sort of, uh, exactly the nature of it. So I think it's to fact to call them definitively brothers feels wrong because they're clearly not. I think what's so happened here, there mm. was a comic at one time where mm. they were brothers, and Fox have gone, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, because it's just a simple word. An ongoing comic. That's been running for like, you know, however many years since the 60s compared yeah. to a two hour film, multiple two hour films. So much history to cram down. Yeah. yeah, but but they've got to find, they need to find a way that they can bring certain characters together within a certain mm. amount of time and having them be brothers. I can see why, why they've done it this way. But let's mm. just go back to Jackman, who did become a producer of the film by his company mm. seed productions. So he earned 25 million for the film. Keep in wow. mind, like before X-Men, yes, you know, Jackman had been acting, you know, in cinema, he'd done Australian movies. X-Men broke him. Like, and then he was oh, in Swordfish yeah. with John Travolta, yeah. the Prestige with Christian Bale. And he's gone on to have such a big career. But at the time, and remember, Doug Ray Scott had been cast as Wolverine. That's right. But That's he got right. pulled back to do reshoots for Mission Impossible for John Woo for the second Mission Impossible movie. And then Jackman, he he got, got the, the part. part. So he's done really well. And I guess, yeah. you know, for him you know, to earn more, he was working as both actor and producer. And was, that's and why he got 25 million. There was a lot of pressure on Jackman as well to be uh, to to perform um, as Wolverine. I remember him saying when he was doing press for the first X-Men movie that when he was telling people in Canada who he was playing, they lost their shit. And they were like, Wolverine, they're like, you, you've got to do this right. You can't screw this up. You, you screw this up. You're going to have a lot of Canadians pissed off and mad at you. And not just Canadians, but the comics community, comic, you know, nerds, like people like us, you know, you're going to have a lot of people pissed off with you. So he 
had a lot of pressure riding on him to make sure he nailed this role and really dug his dug his heels into who Logan is. And I think safe to say he's really come through. Oh, absolutely. I, well, I think he nailed it from that first movie. Mm. You know, and he can't do anything about his height. <laughs> he's a lot taller no. than than he is in no. the comics. Oh, he, the he's even though. said, look, if I could squish myself down in, into like five foot three, I would, you know. Well, you know, it it's fine. You know, I, I wouldn't change Jackman in the role at all. But if you go back mm. to him being an up and comer, that first X-Men movie, he was part yep. of an ensemble and that ensemble mm. were known characters to audiences or to you yeah. know, the comic community, Cyclops, Storm, Xavier, all of this. So I when we get to I'm the a lot fourth, of pressure. Yeah. But when we get to the fourth X-Men movie, which is this one, yeah. none of those characters or actors are back. We get an uncredited cameo at the end by a de-aged Patrick Stewart as Xavier. But yep. if you look at it from Hugh Jackman's point of view, he was He's part like, of this, but he was part of this ensemble for three mm. movies, and they could all lean and rely on each other. And then it's yeah. like he's front and center. So I get it. I get why he would have pressure. He'd want to take more creative control. He's now a producer, and you're not just an actor in mm. the movie. I mean, he underwent a high intensity weight training regimen oh, yeah. to improve his physique for the role. He altered the program to shock his body into change and also performed cardiovascular workouts. Jackman noted that no digital touches were applied to his physique and a shot of him rising from the tank within which Wolverine has his bones infused with adamantium. I've mm. seen this movie so many times. That in particular always impressed oh, yeah I mean, that yeah. is that's the animal isn't it like that is do you know what i mean like he's animal man but that scene in particular like he's just gone through all of that trauma all of that pain and that is him breaking out of the procedure so it is Big interesting time. to hear that that's yeah. him that's all jackman that is not that's all jackman's that's interesting. I mean, it's funny how at the start of the film, his mutancy manifests because of trauma, you know, like the death of his parents triggers his mutation. That's where the bone claws come out. So he's just been going through wave after wave after wave of trauma on so many levels, emotional and psychological, that it all just comes to a, a head after the adamantium is bonded to him and grafted to him, you know, and he just emerges like in a roar from that tank and you know like slug to the to the head doesn't even stop him and he just shrugs it off and that's it in the comics he goes on a violent killing spree and takes out the whole the whole facility but they kind of sped through that and for the sake of the movie you don't see all that only very little a little bit it's more about his escape and what he does afterwards but they do revisit it in first class they do but again that's also a thing where they're going to show thing in the comic mm -hmm. they're going to show things in the comics that they wouldn't necessarily want to show to a wider movies. audience of yeah. having this hero, Wolverine, just Back killing people. Slash. Yeah. Escaping he is, a facility. He's a killing machine. He's essentially a killing machine. And that's what Weapon X tried to do. They tried to brainwash him and make him their, 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 their weapon, and it didn't work. Because he had humanity underneath all that. And he, he fought. That's the difference between Logan and Sabretooth, too. It's interesting to note. Logan has always fought hard to retain his humanity and to tame the beast within. Creed, Victor Creed, Sabretooth does not. He he embraces that killer instinct. Logan's fought hard all his life to suppress it. Treads a fine line because he when, when the Berserker Rage kicks in, Bob. 
and again that's why it makes sense like for this film they'd have them be brothers like the same Mm. like the different sides of the same coin yeah really well it's shakespearean in in the Mm. storytelling it really does work now we don't have tyler main who played Sabretooth in x-men back nope he had hoped to reprise his role but he's an ex-wrestler and yes wrestlers have gone on to have careers you know we're talking the rock john cena hulk hogan for a while Mm. in the 90s he had a bit of an acting career but typically they wouldn't normally go to wrestlers who are great in the ring and really good at what Mm. they do but not great characters yes they wouldn't go to them, and I guess in this case, Tyler Maine, for the range they're looking at getting from Sabretooth, because it's not just the animal. Like they they need like a strong performance to drama, mm. and they absolutely get that from Lee Thriver. He's fantastic. I first noticed oh, he's brilliant. him as Cotton I, in the Scream brilliant. movies. It was in Scream 2. Like, or in the first <laughs> one as well, actually. But anyway, the Wes Craven Scream movies, that's where I first noticed him. But he is fantastic, and he is a big guy. Like, he really yeah. is a big dude. He's huge. But that's that's awesome because, I mean, obviously they can't do it in cinema because of Jackman's height, but in the comics, Sabretooth towers over Logan. Um, and But, you know, Jack Jackman is about Shriver's height, if not more so. Uh, but Shriver does a great job of bringing Victor Creed, you know, to life and, and fleshing him out, making him that three-dimensional saber truth that you want, not just a flash in the pan like Tyler Maine was, who can look the part but not necessarily give you Creed's mannerisms and behaviors. You know, credit where credit's due. Tyler Maine was good in that first movie. Yeah, he did what they need, but it it was always more of a presence. Like, and and mm. that's. It, you know, he was intimidating when he was there, mm. when he had the physicality. But mm. it's it's a different thing here because it's not just Wolverine and Sabretooth hitting each other. It's mm. dialogue exchange. Like, and it's cutting deep, like their history together. Like, that's yeah, what's really... That's got to be shown. That's what's really driving this. Jackman and Hood compared Wolverine and Victor's relationship to the Borg... Mock and row rivalry in the world of tennis. In that okay. interesting. They interesting are enemies, but they can't live without each other. Creed represents the pure animal and embodies the darker side of Wolverine's character, as you said before. And that is the aspects that Wolverine hates about himself. So that's where that deep-rooted rivalry comes from. Like, yes, Wolverine is very much against Wolf uh, Sabretooth taking human life. He is. And you saw hmm. that in those those flash scenes yeah. in the opening. You saw that, like, whenever Sabretooth was taking it too far, Wolverine would stop and pull him in line. Try to pull or him aside to pull and him say, hey, come on, knock it off. Yeah. In line. But it just makes it more interesting, doesn't it? Like, the more animalistic, yeah, the more hmm. animalistic Sabretooth is and lets himself go. And yeah, Wolverine he's got so worried about him doing that himself that he's got that mm. hatred and oh man this he's so, it's great he's so good but this this is the thing Com- i feel like when we're talking isn't it when we're talking about like these kinds of like characterizations you know 
oh, but you know, this motivation and that motivation. And this is what I felt during this scene. I feel like mm. we're talking about a better movie than the one that we, that we ultimately we're reviewing. Not because I guess that's a testament to a, a good movie. It makes you care about it. And you get riled up and intense and personal about it. But as I said, like Jackman, he was disappointed with this movie. And I get mm. it. I get why. Mm. Now, is the finished movie an entertaining movie? Yes, it is. I watched it on the big screen when it first came out. I've seen it multiple sure. times. I own the Blu-ray. Sure. I recently watched yep. it for this review on Disney+. Plus. I've watched it and Damn. watched it. And I don't watch it and think, ah, that's a shit film. Because it's not. Mm. But I can see why he would we be We have a love for the character. We have a, we have a love for these characters. And that's what keeps us coming back. Yeah, that and we can see that there's a better movie in here. Like, and, yeah. and it's, and again, we know it all credit where credit's due with Tyler main, this performance we're getting from Lee Schreiber. It's a whole of a level. It's a different oh, thing. Yeah. There's talk that he may even reprise the role for Deadpool three. So I'm hoping that's true. I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. And, and that's the only Marvel studios movie that is released this year. All of the mm. Marvel movies are Sony Spider-Man films. You know, the, mm. the Spider-Man films without Spider-Man. So we're talking yeah. Madam Web, Craven <laughs> yeah. the Hunter. But Marvel Studios, that's how the TV, they're going to have a light year. But you're right, Lee Schreiber. Apparently, we're going to get him back. And hopefully... That's going to be so good. I know, but hopefully in, it's not just a gag, though. That would be the hopefully, concern. Hopefully he's in the suit. I want to see him in the saber suit, too, suit from the comics. Oh, We're getting Jack. It's, it's known yeah. now that Jackman's going to be in the in the in the in the in the yellow and and blue suit. So come on, let's let's get Creed in that big, huge suit with a huge fur collar on it and the big gloves and everything. That would be cool. And if ever they were going to do that, it's a Deadpool movie because yeah. you can kind of like you with with Deadpool and potentially what we're going to get with Deadpool three. They can have the cake and eat it. That they can have it be as raw and as real as they want it to be, but at the same time they can have it like a live action comic book, and it really can be violent as hell, and, and, and they'll allow it. Looking forward to that. So yeah, it will be cool if he's back. I mean, apparently uh, Me James Marsden is back in as Cyclops. Nice. What I've, what I've heard, he's wearing like think about the costume that Cyclops wore in the nineties cartoon. Nice. Apparently, that's what James Marsden is wearing. Oh man! In live action. I know. I know. So, do you know what? So here we are, 2024. We're still getting that more Fox X Men movies, although technically not Fox. Now, 20th. We're also getting X Men '97. So, yes, that is uh, picking up where where the animated series left off. All right, Mm. we've got. Danny Houston as William Stryker. Houston mm. was originally in negotiations for the part, while Brian Cox, who played the character in X2, wanted to reprise his role. He believed oh, he computer-generated imagery similar to the program applied to Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen in the opening flashback of X-Men, The Last Stand, would allow him to appear as the younger Stryker. I generally do like Danny Houston as an actor. I've seen him in many things over the years. Solid. He's always solid. Hmm. I mentioned the uncredited cameo by Patrick Stewart. And 
it looks shocking by today's standards, but it works. Yeah. It does it work works. enough. Serviceable. Because it's a cameo at the end of the film. What Cogs was talking about, like imagine how much screen time William Stryker has. And instead of Danny Houston, it was Brian Cox being DH. Wouldn't that be great? I loved Brian Cox as striker. I would have loved to have seen him reprise the role, but it just wasn't 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 to be. No, but just too expensive, un- unnecessary. Like it, mm. today's, like if they were going to do it today, it would be different. But back then, like what was it, two thousand and nine? It would have cost mm. a lot more to do that. So I think the right choice was mm. just getting Danny to get Houston. Danny Houston instead. Who did? Yeah, and he again. was good. He did. No, no yes. disrespect to him. Danny Houston did a really good job. Brian Cox is yeah. fantastic, was brilliant as striker in X2, but I think the right choice was made, just recasting that role for a younger version of That's fair. the same character. That's fair. Were you familiar with Black Eyed Peas when you first yes. watched this movie? Right. Okay, so you knew Will I Am, he's playing John, John Ray, a Stop beating me to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm Sorry, not the comics fan. Of, comics fan I, of me. I know. I, I, just I know what you're saying because I read the comics. I know what's coming. I know what's Am coming. I not I'll speaking quick enough for you? Right. Oh, shut up. Go on. William is John Wraith, a teleporting mutant. This was William's first major live-action film debut. Although he initially did not get on with the casting director, he got the role because he wanted to play a mutant with the same power as Nightcrawler. He enrolled in boot camp to get in shape for the part. Nice. Right? I appreciate it. It's good that he did it. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. John Wraith is a character in this movie until he's murdered by Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. I guess he kind of, he does play a part, but he's not substantial or anything. Before Will I Am, the person who was offered the role beforehand was Quinton Rampage Jackson. Mm. But he turned it down. Wow. And then in 2010, he did the 18, where he played B.A. Oh, wow. So Rampage, who at the time was a UFC fighter, and I, I don't, I think maybe 18 was the first thing that he acted in, but they wanted him initially. But they went with Will I Am instead. Again, Black Eyed well, Peas have got some good songs. <laughs> some good songs. Yeah. But they obviously to, went in. Yeah. To the uninitiated, Wraith was part of Team X. He was part of the team uh, with Maverick, Logan, Sabretooth, and Silver Fox. And the four of them were part of Team X, uh, the Weapon X player program. So that explains why he's in this movie. This is why I'll always bring you back when we're talking X-Men, because you know the comics. I know my shit. I can even, if you want to get specific and you want to read about Wraith more and see more of him, go to a volume two of Wolverine. Uh, issue is probably late 40s through to the mid to late 50s. He features extensively in that story arc. Oh, cool. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to know. We have Lynn Collins as Kayla Silverfox, Wolverine's mutant love interest and porn of striker she has the powers of tactile hypnosis which allows her to control or convince others to do the things she wants them by physical touch but victor is immune to her telepathy which is interesting so it's a form of persuasion interesting 
Yes, but then she does say to Wolverine that she never actually used it on him. Their mm. love, their relationship mm. was uh, was real. This this all works for me. And again, this is the Wolverine movie. Whenever we're spending mm. time with a Wolverine movie, I'm enjoying it more than the X-Men movie that keeps interrupting the Wolverine movie. But when yeah. you Wolverine, what is he? It's the 80s or late 70s. He's working yeah. as a lumberjack. He's not looking to show off his powers. It's interesting. Yeah, he's trying to keep a low profile. And it works. Trying to every man. Yeah. That is really working. That's what I love about it. Yeah, no, me too. And again, like it's a better Wolverine movie than it is an X-Men movie because... Agreed. If only they had a stuck to that premise. I know, but, but, I, again, but I get they it. They have to drive it. Yeah, mm. they have to because Wolverine, the most popular character and you know breakout role for Hugh Jackman. So I can see how Fox are like, "Hey, let's do a Wolverine movie, but let's let's do an X Men movie. Let's, yeah, let's keep building because we want to. We want these this franchise to pay the bills. Years, yeah, this cow for all it's worth. That's it. Lynn Collins as Silver Fox, you know, played the part well. She was good, serviceable. Yeah, Michelle Monaghan did turn down the role because of scheduling conflicts despite her enthusiasm to work with Jackman but I do think it did work out pretty well with Lynn Collins Kevin mm. Durand as Fred Dukes oh, he's the comic relief oh man he's he's good he is yeah, good yeah. I mean, think to the comics Think to the cartoon, the blob mm. is pretty one-dimensional, but they're able yeah. to flesh out the character here. Did Very you say blob? blob? No, I said bub. Bub, yeah. <laughs> my, actually, no, my favorite line from that is not that line. It's good. I love that line. It's great. But I love a line where he's talking about the tattoo in the plane, and Wolverine makes yep. mention of it, and he's like, I loved her, Logan. I loved her. <laughs> And then later on, she's bigger because he's bigger. She's huge. <laughs> he's massive, yeah. The title yeah. stretched. So Fred Jukes is a mutant <laughs> with a nearly indestructible layer of skin. And they have that cool moment where there's, you know, there's someone in a tank. And with his mm. fist, he just punches Boom. the end That's of the right. tank and stops. He's like, Strikers like, like blob. He's like, the tank? He's like, yeah, the tank. He's like, I got that. He just puts his fist in the thing and Boom blows it up ah he's really cool but i mean the character in the film's early sequences he's a formidable fighting man but years later due to a poor diet he's gained an enormous amount of weight trains as a boxer to lose the weight logan taunts dudes about the whereabouts of striker and when he calls him bub dukes mishears him thinks he's saying blob and that's what kicks off the big I fight. Didn't say Bob, I said Bob. I said Bob. Yeah, works, man. That's Honestly, he he's great. good in this. He works he's really, really well. But but this is like this is the X Men film. You know, coming, coming in. into yeah. the Wolverine movie. But this works though. This works. They're on the same team together. It's just kid Cyclops. At the time, I thought it was a young Emma Frost. Apparently, it's not. It's another character with a similar power, but it just there's a, a little known actor as well. 
Yeah, and he's mm. you know he's he's always reliable, character constant whenever he turns up. It was in the recent DC live action Swamp Thing TV show by James Wan. Oh, cool, he, nice. He was good in that. But what I was just saying then about the the X Men connection, everything else. Like, there's a deleted scene of a young Storm. It's a young girl. It's not needed. Mm. Just give us a Wolverine mm. movie, which we did get next. We did get yeah. next. But Blob in this, you know, he's is a fun character. It was a good inclusion. Good inclusion. A fan of the X Men movies, Durand contacted the producers for a role as soon as news of a new film came out, and then you know went on to be cast. The suit went through six months of modifications and had a tubing system inside to cool Durand down with ice water. Wow. You might not know this, but David Harbour, mm. you would know from many things, but I guess yeah. most people know him from Stranger Things. Hellboy, Violent Night. And yes, yeah, and Hellboy most recently. He auditioned yep. for the role of Blob but was turned down for being too fat. Wow. How rude. That's ironic as hell. That's <laughs> like saying, you? I oh, mean, man. I guess. Sorry, you can't play this role. You're too fat for the part. But I think like they, would, they would have been talking about Fred Jukes in the beginning of the movie, surely, and not mm. how big he gets yeah. oh, man. In, that's, in the modern that's, day. Wow, what an irony. But he... He missed out on the role. But again, like he's gone on to have so much success over the years. Most recently, you watched a Violent Night where he plays Santa, which is a fantastic film. Yeah, that's going to be a um, a go-to a must, like a staple every Christmas from now on yeah. for me. David Harbour is one of those actors that's been quietly working in the background of a lot of films, including David Ayer's Suicide Squad. He's in mm. the restaurant scene with Amanda Waller. The beginning oh, and closing of that movie. So it's one of those actors that's always been there. But then yeah, it's just in the background. background Stranger guy. Things put him on the map. Like everybody yeah. loves him in Stranger Great Things. Time. And TV can do that. TV can really get you noticed. And it, the same oh, yeah. thing happened for Dominic Monaghan. Everybody mm. knows him from Lost. Here is playing Chris Bradley, a mutant who can manipulate electricity and electronic objects. Nice segue. Thanks. (laughs) It was originally reported that Monaghan was going to play Barnell Bohusk, the character Beak, but he ended up being a different character. And I remember that speculation at the time, actually. I remember people thinking that's who he was going to play. Remy... Lebu, Gambit, we've got Taylor, Kitch, who, you know, like he was known at the time from, I think, Friday Night Lights. That was, was the TV he show. Was, he was re-watching it last night. I, I initially thought, oh, man, this guy sucks with Gambit. What, what were they thinking? But re-watching it last night it made me reconsider it. And I actually think that he's not too bad at all as Gambit. He just needed more time in the role and had to work with what he was given. He could only work with what he was given. Though. But I think had he been given more exposure and more time and had they given him a movie to set him up or something like that, you know, as a solo film flick, I think he really could have, you know, really fleshed out the role more because it's it's there if you if you look hard enough. I agree completely. I like him as an actor. Mm. This movie didn't do him justice. It didn't get enough to do. And again, sense of yeah. Taylor Kitsch, he's in an X Men movie. Hugh Jackman is torn between a Wolverine movie and an X Men movie. 
If they'd have mm. just had the confidence, I mean, they clearly set out to do a Wolverine movie, but they mm. kept going back and leaning on yeah, trying the X Men characters. It wasn't. Yeah. But if you were to put Taylor Kitsch in a, in a standalone Gambit movie, I think had he been given enough material to work with and did his research on the character to really get his teeth into the character, I think he could have made a good Gambit. I never, I never, I would, I wouldn't have thought that years ago, and it was my opinion for a long, long time that he was a crap Gambit. But I like rewatching it last night and prep for this really made me look at Kitsch differently, and, and it made me go, you know what? I think he could do something really, really. He could really do something with Gambit had they invested in him more. Taylor Kitsch is an example of an actor, wrong place, wrong time, that has yep. appeared in something that unfortunately hasn't been received too well. Mm. Financially, this movie did well. Critically, it didn't. Critically, Taylor bombed. Kitsch, yeah. he was in the movie Battleship, which was an adaption of the board game. Liam Neeson was in there. Rihanna was in there. He was yep. in the movie for Disney, John Carter. Mm. If you look at the original novels, the books, Warlord of Mars, like John Carter, mm. but they, at the time, Disney, they released the animated movie Mars Need Moms, which bombed. So they yep. panicked and didn't want to have Mars in a, in their title for like an upcoming mm. movie. So instead of having Warlord of Mars, which sounds amazing, John Carter, yeah. sounds like a bloke yeah. down the pub. And that's yeah. what they, that was the name of the movie. I don't know if you've seen it or not. John Carter. I have. I, I saw it on, it was an in-flight movie once on, on, a, on a, right. a flight that I was on. It's forgettable. I don't remember much about oh, it. Oh, this is the thing, right? I thoroughly love that movie. It is such a good movie, but so much... And I'm going to say modern sci-fi, but I'm talking about mm. going back to Flash Gordon, Star Wars. They're not too modern. A lot of what we get in sci-fi, like 50s onwards, yep. was in that original John Carter, uh, Warlord yep. of Mars, whether it's yeah, the it. books, the comic strip. So when, they, when Disney released that movie, people are like, well, We've seen that before. That happened yeah. in Star Wars. That happened in Flash Gordon. But it's like, yeah. but hang on. It happened in John Carter first. You've just not mm. experienced it until now. You're seeing exactly. So anyway, I think so much went against that movie. Taylor Keach was bloody good in that movie. But unfortunately, mm. that didn't do well. Battleship didn't do well. Financially, this movie did well, but not critically. The Taylor Kitsch, he, yeah, like, didn't give the, uh, didn't give him the exposure he was probably looking for or needed. Uh, years later, he was in the second season of True Detective, and you know he got to show off some more of his acting chops in that. But unfortunately, mm. wrong place, wrong time. Like if you're in a big tentpole movie and it yeah. doesn't go well, and you're the face, and you know Taylor Kitsch isn't the face of this movie, but still, I mean he was the face of John Carter. Yeah. This movie did not point. do him any favors. Yeah. True. Should we talk about Ryan Reynolds? He's in this movie. Everybody yeah, knows. Again? Everybody knows Ryan Reynolds. Right. For me, the, this is how far back I go with Ryan Reynolds. On a mm -hmm. regular basis, 
watching him in Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Remember wow. the Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch TV series? Yep. Before they did that, whether it was like an extended pilot or a TV movie, he was in that. Wow. So going back to the 90s, I oh, shit. was familiar with Ryan Reynolds for years, primarily Two Guys and a Girl but I was familiar with him. So when he started appearing in movies, whether it's Blade Trinity, he bolts up for that movie. He was in the remake of the Amateurville Horror. Yes, remember I've that. I've been following his career for a long time. For me, seeing him from the first time for me, it was Van Wilder, part of Liaison. Oh, man. Good movie. I remember, yeah, Actually, I remember watching him. Great movie. I love that film. Yeah, I remember watching him in that thinking this guy is like a modern Chevy Chase. It's like he's the second coming of Chevy Chase. That's the kind of vibe he gave me. That, mate, that is a great comparison, a young Chevy Chase. And it's one of those films where first I said it was good, corrected myself, I said it was great. Somebody else in that lead role, it wouldn't be the film that it is. It's no. as likable, as funny as it is then because of him. Seeing him in uh, as Hannibal King in Blade Three, when he got really jacked, that made me go, "Holy shit! This guy is Wade Wilson. This guy is Deadpool. This guy could totally. He's got the smart ass, you know, mouthy uh, sort of persona to be the Merc with a mouth, and he's got the physique. He could be Deadpool. And wow, we were not wrong. He is, but not just not in this movie. Just not yeah. in X Men Origins Wolverine. He's Wade Wilson in it, but he's not Deadpool." The story goes, yeah, I do. I really do. Uh, yeah, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on this. The story goes, Ryan Reynolds wanted to be Deadpool before mm. this movie. When they were casting this movie, so he knew going in what it was going to be. But because he really wanted to play this character, even though what we were going to get in this movie isn't true, completely true to the character, he didn't want anybody else to play the part. So he signed on. And originally, it was just going to be a cameo as Wilson, but the role grew after he was cast. So he was like building up momentum, recognition. His career was taking off. Uh, so the, the role was then getting exp uh, extended or expanded in the scripting stages. And of course, Reynolds would go on to reprise his role in Deadpool and its sequel, Deadpool 2, soon to be followed by Deadpool 3. But it's very much a different thing. He's playing mm -hmm. a wise-cracking mercenary with lethal swordsmanship skill and he's a peak athlete who is later transformed into... Weapon 11. That's the thing. Weapon mm. X, X is 10. I like that. That, um, that works. Initially believed being killed by Victor, Weapon 11 is a genetically altered mutant killer. He has powers taken from other mutants killed or kidnapped in the film, including the power to shoot concussive energy beams from his eyes, healing factor, teleportation, and retractable blades. In his arms. Ah, oh, just saying that makes me angry. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it is ridiculous. I, but again, like I get it. Here's a I mean, I'm gonna say a two-hour film. I'm pretty sure the runtime on this film is a lot shorter than that. It's maybe mm. one hour forty. This is clearly a much shorter film than they I'm guessing they would have intended. 
Yeah, but it struck like, me uh, last night. It was quite short. Such a cool character in Deadpool. Such a cool Why character. Why do they feel the need to screw him around? And they yeah. really did. They really did. I mean, he is referred to by Stryker as the pool, the mutant killer, Deadpool. Because, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, but it really is. Um, and then, that's yeah. bad. But the name it- is because the compatible powers of the other mutants have been pulled together into mm. one being. This interpretation of Deadpool is lacking his traditional red suit and mask and also includes a mouth sound shut with the abilities of Scott Summers' optic blasts, John Rafe's teleportation and katanas that come out of his wrist from moving the arms, similar to Wolverine's claws. But it's like, he's, he's the merc with a mouth. That's the yeah, character. That's the whole point. The whole point is he's, he's a mouthy bastard. Doesn't shut up. And to search, to literally sew his lips shut. Oh, there's there's a throwaway line in, in the Deadpool movie where he goes, my lips are sealed. He says that. And I felt like that was a brilliant callback to, to Weapon 11. Um, there's even a visual pun there as well, but we can get into that if we ever review Deadpool. Um, it's shocking. We've yeah. we've done. Oh man, I recu- I uh, reviewed Deadpool when it was a new release for that film shoot. It was one of our first reviews. We've also reviewed Deadpool two as well. There you go. We got to see this version of Deadpool again, and he was killed by mm. Deadpool at the end yeah. of Deadpool which two, which which is great, which was fun. But oh, this version of Deadpool is is a mess. He gets his head cut off, and then at the I end. I don't know if you've heard ah. it, but there, there, there's another term to describe this shocking, abhorrent abomination of Deadpool. It's called Baraka Pool. It's drawing the, the, the comparisons to the character Baraka from Mortal Kombat because he's, the sword's come out of his like wrists, just like Baraka. So Baraka Pool is another kind of funny fan uh, non-diplume for this version of the character. Yeah, no, yeah. I can I can see that, mm. but you know what about right? So we're talking about the Wolverine movie being the better movie when they're not making it into an X Men movie. Mm. We've got that weird moment where all of a sudden it's that Wolverine goes to the Kent farm in Kansas Smallville. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with, with the elderly couple, couple. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. it's like he's hanging out with Marvin Park Kent. Yeah, you're on the drugs, son. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, it's a weird part of the movie, and it works. And that's where he gets the famous leather jacket. He gets the motorcycle. Yeah, that's right. That's how we learn song. how he gets those things. So it works. That's and, I think and ultimately, that... death follows him. Yes, and, and that's the point. In Agent Zero, is a part of it. Who's a great like marksman and. Agent Zero is Agent Zero is essentially mad, Maverick, and they just call him Agent Zero for the movie, but he's Maverick, right? Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's setting up the the whole, like you just said, you know, Death just shadows Wolverine and follows him everywhere. So innocents like that are going to be casualties, you know, and he that's that's his curse, you know. Everyone he loves is, is going to be taken from him, or See, people is- that he cares about. It's a good part of the movie. Serves a point, but it just reminds me of like Superman 1978. Yeah, like, I see. I see. I can totally understand. I totally get that. Like when you said that, I straight away I knew what you were talking about. I get. The, I get what you mean. 
So I've mentioned a couple of times we've got a digitally rejuvenated Patrick Stewart towards mm. the end of this movie. X-Men co-creator Stan Lee said he would cameo, but Lee ended up not appearing in the film as he could not attend filming in Australia. So we almost got a Stan Lee cameo in Damn. this movie, but ultimately it didn't happen. Would have been good. I do like the score. We've got composer mm. Harry Gregson Williams. He has composed music for video games, TV, and films, including the Metal Gear series, Spy Game, Phone Booth, Man on Fire, Chronicles of Narnia, Deja Vu, The Martian, Ants, The Tigger Movie, Chicken Run, uh, The Shrek wow. franchise. Oh, man, honestly, this guy has done a lot. He's Pretty also the... Yeah. He's also the older brother of fellow composer Rupert Gregson Williams. So he's from a family of composers. What I'll oh, say about this score, it's different to what Michael Kamen did on the first X-Men movie, what John Ottman mm. did on X2. I think mm. it was John Powell on X3. So it doesn't necessarily have that X-Men theme. Whether it's because I've seen this movie so many times, the theme mm. is overly familiar to me, and it really sounds like Wolverine. I really enjoy the score to this movie. Mm. It sounds like maybe he's trying to to get there. You know, like there are moments in the film where you kind of hear that heroic kind of theme come in, or a similar similar sounding theme come in, and it sounds like he's trying to to get there but then he sort of just abruptly stops himself short and goes no this is not the x-men score yeah and it, and, it, and as much as fox want this to be an x-men movie like it it's is not. a wolverine film so i like that he's able to give him his own theme and again whether it's coming back to how many times i've seen this it's very mm. familiar to me so when i yeah. hear that theme it does make me think of wolverine so he definitely yeah. did a good job sure. with with the score but i think i think we are there i think we can rate this movie so if you're going to rate x-men origins wolverine out of five look the diehard wolverine fan in me lifelong wolverine fan in me especially the younger version of me would have given this film a much higher rating but 43 year old me sitting here to here talking to you right now he's going to come in at a 3.5 that's a recommend and that's the best I can do with, with what I've been given with, <laughs> with this material. Um, I love Wolverine. Uh, I always will. I still collect the comics. I'm wearing a shirt, a Wolverine shirt, as I talk to you right now. Um, my love for the character will, will never die. I, I will always love him. So loyal to the character. I thought parts of this movie were really great and spoke to what I love about the character. Um, and, and like, it's for what it, it's like, you're right. You've been saying it over and over. It's a Wolverine film that, or it's an X-Men film that wants to be something else, but it's not. It ultimately tries to, you know, it ultimately is an X-Men film, but it's trying to be something that's not too, uh, or vice versa. It's conflicted, doesn't know what it wants to be. Um, and that's confusing. And that's, that's, that's tough. That's like something that you struggle with watching this film, but it, it could be better. I, I agree. It absolutely could be better. And that's why I'm coming in at a recommend and not a stronger rating, but there was a, there's a time or well, there was a time, where I would have come in at a, at, a, at, a, at a stronger rating for sure. But I'm going with 3.5 purely because of my love of the character. I just wish the movie was a little better. 
I like this movie. I always have. But then, like mm. you, I've got the baggage of being a fan of this character, mm. enjoying those X-Men movies, especially the first two, Hugh Jackman in in the X-Men movies as Wolverine. I mean, he Brilliant. is perfect. I mean, there's going to come mm. a time with Marvel Studios after Deadpool 3 where they're going to have to start their own X-Men characters. I think you have to well, recast. Yeah. He's going to be a tough one to recast. Like He is pitch perfect. Yes, he's tall. He's been the character for so long. 2000, like over 20 years. Yeah. He's he's yeah. fantastic. So this movie is a mess. It's an absolute mess. But when it works, yeah. it does work. Mm. His casting is fantastic. Lee Schreiber as Sabretooth works yep. so, so well. I mean... It's a movie to recommend. It absolutely is. I'm going to come in at a three, three out of five. And it's one of those films where I can keep coming back to it regardless mm. of its flaws. You know, like, yeah. it's, you know, sometimes you're like, do you know what? There's something about that film. And not so much this movie, but just in general. There's something about that film. And I just like going back and revisiting it. I can appreciate how it's not the best movie and maybe other people don't like it, but there's something about it. And that's, Kind of like this mm. movie for me, whereas I can watch it and there's aspects that are not good, but the things that work do work. And and again, it's going back to what works best about this movie is yeah. when they focus on it being a Wolverine movie and not so yeah, for me, make X Men Four. No, and for me, it's 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 Wolverine first and foremost, right there. It's Wolverine, and that's what's going to keep me coming back. Uh, and I've, I've watched this. I'm like you. I've watched this movie many times, and just it's it's Wolverine, and that's what brings you back to it. You love the character, um, and you find things to love about this movie upon repeated watches. But then you're also reminded of things that didn't work so great upon repeated watches. But one thing remains uh, the same. You'll always come back to it because it's Wolverine. And that's why I was so excited for Deadpool three. Not just yeah, we getting... want to see him again. Yeah, no, just getting Ryan Reynolds back as Deadpool, which for me would have been enough, but we're also getting yeah. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine one last that's time. That's going to put bombs in seats. And to be honest, we thought that's what Logan was going to be, that Logan was going to be yeah. the final. But interestingly, and before you know, do the outro here, James Mangold, when he was asked about Deadpool 3, like he's still sticking by Logan as being... As being well, yeah, that's the that. end of this character of Wolverine, mm. but the events of Deadpool 3 happen before Logan. So ah, again, so it's still, just that so messy... This is not a retcon. It doesn't retcon it. It just makes it more the, canon. It's a messy Fox timeline where it kind of works, but mainly doesn't. But it's okay. For the most part, we go, we go with it. Well... That's it for our episode all about X-Men Origins Wolverine. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure never a chore, Bob. <laughs> as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>